I'm so excited to share with you guys today, and I, uh, I have some notes, but um, I just want to make sure we don't ever get ahead of God and, and also don't get behind him. You know, we just want to kind of flow right where, where he's at, and uh, how many know it's, uh, things are always better when, uh, when we do it his way, amen? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. There's this verse in uh, Psalm 29. I wanted to just read this to you. Man, those testimonies, I, I tell you what, I, it's just amazing. Doesn't it just cause something in you to just go, yes, that's our God. And uh, man, I, I, uh, I don't know about you, but it makes me hungry to see more. Amen? And I believe that we can expect more. And in fact, I'll say it this way, I think we need to expect more. We must expect more. Um, I was talking with my wife about this, that um, expectation, I think, sometimes we can get a, a false view of it, though. Like, I, I know there's times where I'm just, wherever I am, uh, if I have the opportunity to share the love of Jesus with someone, and um, sometimes it doesn't go exactly how I hoped, <laughs> right? And uh, anybody ever done that? Um, and, uh, but I, I just, I've felt the Holy Spirit doing this work in me to, my expectation is on Him, and that whatever is done in obedience and love has an effect. But that I don't need to expect that my eyes necessarily see it. Does that make sense? Like, I'm expecting, I know God will do. His word does not return void. And even if I went ahead of God and I just tried to share the love of God and he wasn't necessarily encouraging me to do so, man, how many know God's going to back that up? Amen? His word never fails. Amen? Um, but these testimonies, man, it just, it, I was reading this verse, and I, I love this scripture. Psalm 29, if you're opening a physical or digital Bible. I guess digital is still f sort of physical, but you, you touch it. Um, I don't know. Paper or digital? Psalm 29. This is one of my favorites because it just, uh, man, it just talks about the power of our God and the power of his voice. I just want to read this as we, as we kind of just um, enter in this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. In some Bibles it might say ascribe unto the Lord. Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. And it goes on and on, talking about the power of God. And I, I just wanted to read that. I encourage you to read that and just remind yourself of the power of our God. That we do not serve a God who is weak. We don't serve a God who's defeated. In fact, in everything that we're experiencing right now, our God is not surprised. Did, it, did he author the trouble that our world is experiencing? No way. You ever heard of this thing called sowing and reaping? Okay. Um, we're not going to do a teaching on that, but um, what is sown of the flesh is repped, reaped? Re reaped. I didn't... I didn't... I didn't uh, Repped much last night, slept much, um, was reaped in corruption. 
When we sow to the flesh, we reap in corruption. But when we sow in the spirit, we reap life, right? And, um, and so that's what we're seeing on display. And, uh, but God is, he's not surprised. And how many know he's not done? Amen. Amen. And I believe he is doing a work in this day. And, and part of what I felt in my heart today is for us to uh, not be distracted by everything that's going on, um, but to, to all the more tune in to what he's doing um, and to expect from him to not just watch what he's, um, not just go, God, what are you going to do? And I can't wait to see it happen. But God, what are you going to do? And what do you want to do in my life and in our church together to make sure that we are prepared to walk in whatever it is that you have in store. There's, there's this, um, there's been a, you know, you kind of look at trends sometimes and you can almost look at the last, I don't know, several decades of Christianity, if you will. And there's been this growing uh, notion of individual Christianity, which yes, there's no one that's going to stand before that. You're not going to be joined at the judgment seat of the Lord with someone else and saying, well, they accepted Jesus and I'm their friend, right? Like there's an individual responsibility, right? That we each surrender our lives to him. We each receive of his salvation. And, um, and God has very personal love for you, very personal knowledge for you. But in the same token, we are one. We are many members of one body with Jesus as the head. And, um, and I believe part of what God wants to do is, is both say, okay, God, what are you doing in me? But also, God, what are you doing in we? And uh, the, the theme, or if you want a title for you note takers out there, you can title this Catching the Wave. Um, God gave me a picture, and I'm going to share a little story of something that happened in my life. But I, I want to just preface this. Our God is so powerful, and I think we often limit, at least in our thinking, of how powerful it is. You can't stop God. Um, but uh, you know that we can limit God from operating and functioning and flowing the way he wants to in our lives yeah. and in this earth by, uh, by not releasing his will, by not binding the will of the enemy, not loosing the plans of God on earth. He has made us, he's given us the, the, uh, both the authority and the responsibility of being praying believers that use the keys that he's given us, right? The keys of the kingdom. And, and so I just want to remind you, I just feel like someone here today, you, you need to be reminded of the power of our God. Like there is literally nothing and no one that can limit the power of our, our God. Jesus said it is hard for a rich man, meaning rich in his heart, full of himself. A rich man, it is harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God than it is for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle. What does that mean? means someone who's so full of themselves, there's no need of God. Rich, money, maybe that, that's part of the equation, but I believe it meant much more than that. It meant he, he did not have that humility and reliance on Jesus. And, and the same is also true. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And so God is, he is, uh, he is a powerful and he is a mighty God. And when he was saying that, you know, it is harder for a rich man the disciples are like, well, then who can be saved? And what is, it, what is his response? For nothing is impossible with God. This is impossible with man, but nothing is impossible with God. So something that Jesus said is so hard, he still says it's not impossible. And I, I believe there's some of you here today, you've been praying for loved ones. 
I believe there's some of you here today that maybe even your own, you might describe your own walk with God that you've just been distant. And I want to declare it's not impossible. Salvation is not impossible. That person you never thought or imagined could get saved and get on fire for God, it's not impossible. And I'm, I'm telling you, we need to uh, remind ourselves of who God is. Um, you know, what Pastor Jonathan was sharing last week, SOS, was so good, right? I, I, I'm trying to remember all of them. Uh, acknowledge, talk to yourself, inquire. Did I get that? I think there was one more I'm missing. But um, speaking to your soul, reminding yourself of who God is and, uh, and calling on the God who can do all things. Amen? But as we were worshiping, I was just thinking about this. You know, Paul says this, I have, I counted all things. And Paul knew a lot of stuff. He knew a lot of people. He was pretty darn cool. He was taught under the primost awesomest teacher of Israel that day, Gamaliel. And he knew it all. He had the Old Testament probably mostly memorized, at least maybe the Pentateuch. But he, uh, he Pentateuch, 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 yeah, okay. Uh, again, didn't slept uh, much last night. But uh, Paul had it, had it kind of going on. He was pretty cool, probably pretty wealthy. He says, I count all things like trash, like dung in some translations for, in exchange for the excellence of knowing him, to know him. And that word knowing is not like I, I have knowledge of him. I know that Jesus likes to wear blue. I don't know if he wore blue or not, but Jesus likes to part his hair from the left to the right. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying we, we might know some things about some people, but how many know when you have a friend that you know on a heart level, you're like, I couldn't care less how they do their hair. I know that person is real. I know where their heart is. I know where their struggles are. I know what their desires are. To know God, to know his desires, to know his heart, and to be known by him, to have that, that knowing, that relationship with him. Paul, this like pretty cool dude, said everything is nothing apart from knowing him. And then he goes on to say this, that we might know him in the power of his resurrection. This is Philippians 3. In the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. And I was just, I feel like God just kind of dropped a revelation in my heart that I've never seen before. But it's so important that we never separate the power of God from the love of God. And I don't know about you, but there's times where I can, we can focus all on the love of God and we so forget about how powerful he is. And I believe that's something that we need to kind of focus on today. But in the same is true. I can never focus just on his power and remove his love. Because power without love is a dictator. Love without power is powerless. But power with love is pure. And it's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that we could ask or think. Amen? And so I, I pray that God, um, man, God do something in our hearts today. We love you, Jesus. I just, man, I, I feel like just sitting down here and let's just take time and just look at him. <laughs> let's look at Jesus. We have, a, we have a platform here, but please don't ever think that this is the it. When you have a pastor up here sharing with you, I want you to know that uh, it, it's a position of service, not of uh, you know, kingliness or whatever. 
There's, God has order in the church. You know, there was a time where Paul would speak and everybody would listen. There was order so they can be in unison. But how many know Paul said, just follow me as I follow Jesus? It's always pointing to him. Amen? I don't know why I'm pointing this way. I mean, he's in us. He's around us. He's all here. All right? Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, yeah. All right. There's, there's some good ones. Can we just pray really quick? Father... We thank you. Will you guys just say this with me? Just say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. You're welcome in this place, and you're welcome in my heart. Thank you, God. And Lord, we honor you. We give you reverence. We come to your word to feed on you. We come to your word we come to you, God, this morning. We thank you for this time of worship. How beautiful. How beautiful it is that it was like you were truly dancing among us. We thank you, God, for your presence. God, we drink of you this morning. We eat of you this morning. Lord, we empty ourselves of ourself. And we drink of you. We pray, that God, that you would fill us to overflowing. As they prayed in Acts chapter 4, after already being filled with the Spirit, they said, fill us more, God. God, we need more of you. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are stirring up expectations in our heart. I thank you that you are breaking unbelief off of our hearts and off of our minds. I thank you that the analytical, carnal thinking that limits God is broken in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you. We exalt your word over every circumstance as you have exalted your word even above your name. God, we honor you. We revere you. And we welcome you. And we say, have your way. Do a work in our hearts. Position us. Shape us. Mold us. We don't want to mold you to our lives. We want to mold our lives to you. God, we thank you for what you are doing in this time. Let us not be distracted any longer, but be laser focused on you. Thank you, God. In Psalm 147, it says this, verse 18, He sends out His word and melts them. He causes His wind to blow and the waters to flow. He causes his wind to blow and, his, and the waters to flow. The other week, God um, reminded me of, of a story, something I experienced as a, a young adult uh, going on a trip to Hawaii. I'm going to share it with you here in a second. Um, but I, I just want to like, present this to you almost like as a parable. I, I'm not going to say, like, this is the prophetic message for today, um, although I believe there's a lot of parallels to what we're experiencing today. And so I want to use this just as, like, a parable. Jesus used some parables, right? He used farming parables, fishing parables. Well, today, we're going to do some surfing parables, okay? (laughs) You'd think that in Washington, the wettest place um, for much of the year... You wouldn't get thirsty and dry, but like, anybody felt really dry lately? I keep needing lotion on the hands. Um, but I, the reason I, I feel like God put this in my heart is, is there's, a, there's a perspective 
And the, the, the thought or the theme or the message is catching the wave or knowing when the wave is coming and knowing that our part is to be positioned in time to catch that wave. And so I'm going to share um, some of this story, and I think you're going to see the parallel. But it is so critical. I believe we are so easily distracted right now. And that's not like a, a knock on any one of us. What I'm saying is like literally everything is begging for your attention. There's so much out there, so much. And I'm telling you, even in the Christian world, there's lots of good stuff out there. But how many know we can't consume 90 hours of YouTube videos and everybody's prophetic dream on the planet, right? Like we're just not needing all of it, right? And I'm not saying we can't listen to preachers. I'm not saying we don't tune in to good, encouraging, word-based Teaching. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, man, guard your heart, guard the time, uh, and make sure that it doesn't replace, you know, your time with God and all of that. And uh, I know for me, I, I've had God constantly challenge me. Uh, it used to be how much time I spent listening to the radio and talk radio and um, the news and, and all that kind of stuff. And then um, there'd be times where I would feel like God would just say, even listening to worship music, I just felt him saying, are you going to let them do that for you or... You want to give me some of that, you know, and, and, and so there's, you know, I've, and I'm not saying worship music is bad. Please don't hear me wrong. <laughs> Pastor Sam said you're not allowed to worship, listen to worship music anymore. Um, that is not what I said. Um, but the heart position is, man, let us set our eyes, our heart on him and what he's doing and let me just remind you, God wants us to have a perspective both personally and corporately at the same time. Both are super important. If I just focus on corporately, every time you listen to a message, you're going to be like, oh, that person needs to hear this one. Right? Any, any challenging scripture, you're like, oh, yeah, Susie needs to hear that. Right? When, when the Holy Spirit's like, hello, Hello, I want to talk to you too. But if I'm only focused on me and all of me and all this stuff, my calling, my purpose, God's will for my life, and I don't ever look beyond just myself, man, I'm going to be such a self-centered, useless ball of wax, right? And so, but when our perspective is, God, you have a purpose for me, and I'm individually laying my life down before you. Use me for your purpose and your will. Man, how many know when you open your heart up to God like that, you let him do things in you individually, but how many know it does not stay there? It goes beyond you. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are thirsty. Uh, I will, or all you who are, um, John 7, all you who are weary, no, not, not weary and heavy laden, uh, and I'll give you rest, but the one who says, come to me when you're thirsty, and I'll give you to drink, of uh, John chapter 7, right? But the following verse, for he who believes out of him will flow rivers of living water. We come to him to drink, but it's never meant to stop with just us. It's meant to flow. The world needs what God has done in you. So this is, a, this is just a story, and I think it'll help us just position, be, maybe just be reminded of how important it is that we, we look at him, but also that be aware of what God is doing now, what he's calling for us to do now, to be positioned. But uh, when I was... 
I think maybe 19 or so, I can't remember when we went on trip to Hawaii. And uh, it was, was kind of like a last hurrah of my brother and I being kids. Um, and uh, our family did kind of like a last uh, big family vacation. And we went to uh, Hawaii. It was my first time ever going. And I was like, I got one or maybe two missions in mind. One of them was snorkeling. The other one was surfing. Okay. Anybody surfed here? Awesome. Um, Rod, dude. Nar. Uh, I'm, I'm not a professional surfer by any means. Um, I had snowboarded, so maybe I, I'd learned a few things on a board, but um, I'd never done it. And so anyway, my brother and I knew nothing. We show up to the beach. This is Waikiki Beach. Anybody been to Waikiki? And uh, where the waves are just enormous, right? Like a whopping three feet. Um, and, uh, but it was enough uh, for, for us to learn. But anyway, we show up, and we just, we had to have stuck out like, you know, like, those are tourists if I've ever seen them, you know. And uh, the locals are like, hey, you want to take them or you want me to take them, you know. And uh, we walk up, and we didn't even have to, like, look for a sign. I mean, that's how much we stood out. We, we, had, we bought these rash guards because we'd heard it's bad if you land on the, the, the sea. You get shredded up on your skin and stuff. So we bought these rash guards, and we had shorts on, and we were like, we just start walking to the beach. Maybe we'll find a place to surf, you know. And uh, we start walking up. This guy's like, hey, you brothers, you guys want to take, uh, show you how to, how to surf on the, you know, the ocean or whatever. And um, that's not a very good impression. But uh, anyway, we're like, sure. And so he gets out these cool long boards and he, it costs us 10 bucks. This is the best deal we ever, I've ever experienced in my life. $10 and I got everything that follows. Um, but uh, so we give the guy 10 bucks, he gets these surfboards and he kind of shows us a few things about how to get up and all this stuff. And you know, he's like, while I'm getting a few other things ready, um, go, go down to the, the shore. My buddy's going to teach you how to catch a wave. And uh, that was my best impression of uh, and the, the guy who, sh- who I get to the shore. And by the way, the guy who showed us how to surf, that guy, man, he had spent, looked like about 847 years uh, in the sun. You know, he's just like <laughs> thick leather, you know. Um, he had a cigar, you know, in his mouth. He's like, I could, I could be out here all day. Um, and, uh, so anyway, we go down to the shore and, uh, and his buddy is like, this guy was, I mean, he knew it all. He, he, he hummed and sung songs in Hawaiian. I mean, this guy was legit. Um, he, he's like, Hey, brothers, you know, we're going to show you how to catch a wave. And, uh, so we, we go down, but we're learning to catch a wave, not on a surfboard, but in one of those traditional canoes. You ever seen one of those? Those things were pretty cool. And I'm like, dude, we get 10 bucks and we get to do all this. And so with two other people and, and this guy who's teaching us, so five of us total, we, we hop into the boat and, uh, and he's like, okay, now when I say to paddle, you paddle, you paddle. And we're like, okay, you know, sure, I can do that. I'm strong. And um, anyway, so we start paddling out there, and we keep going, and we keep going. I'm like, man, we are going a long ways out here, like really far. And uh, what I learned is you, you can't start uh, trying to catch a wave where the waves are breaking. You have to go way out. Because there's a certain point when, it's time, when the time comes when you're, when you're going to catch a wave, you need to start moving before the wave is ready to grab you. And so we're going to see some parallels. But, um, man, I am dry. Thank you, Lord. We can come to you, and you will give us a drink. Amen? Um, so, we, so we start paddling out there, we're paddling out there, paddling out there. And, 
and all is, you know, pretty peachy. This guy, he's been really nice to us so far, and uh, so far, and we're, we're going out and paddling and we're having fun, and you know, I look at my brother, and we're like, hey, this is cool, you know, and we get out there, and he's like, okay, we're going to turn it around, and he puts his oar in the back to turn us, you know, and he's like, on the right, on the right, on the right, and, and he's like, okay, oars in the boat. We're like, okay, and uh, so we put our oars in the boat, and uh, he's like, but hold them ready. He's like, when I say paddle, you paddle. And we're like, okay, you know. And uh, so he's like, but, but watch. I'm going to show you which wave we're going to go after. And he showed us a couple first, and he would tell us, that one's not going to happen. And then you watch it. And it would look like it's going to zoom. Nothing. And you watch another one. It looks like the real thing, but nothing. He's like, this one, watch it. And we, we didn't catch the first one. He's like, watch this. This is going to be real. And it almost looks the same, but there's something, if you just look right at it, there's more to it. There's something under the water. There's just more power behind it, more unity in, in what it's doing. It's more one. And as it moves, all of a sudden, he's like, watch it. All of a sudden, it turns into a wave, and then it just pulls the whole way into the shore. Like, so fun just to watch that. You know, you ever just sit on the beach and just look at waves? It's pretty cool. We have some gnarly waves out in Edmonds. Um, it's, it's for real. Uh, so, uh, yeah, lots of surfers out there. We call them stand-up paddleboarders. Um, uh, anyway, I, I watched a, a boyfriend and a girlfriend one time um, down in North Seattle, out on the water, paddling, and this guy got way ahead. He was trying to show off to his girlfriend, and little boat came by and that the ripple knocked her over and I don't think that went quite like he had planned but anyway uh, so we're out there and um, he's like I'm gonna you know here's how we look at this is what the real wave looks like and all this stuff he's like all right we're gonna catch one and so we watch he's like no not that one he's like okay and we're like who are you you know okay and I mean he got intense and we're like, paddle, paddle, paddle. He's like, more, more. And we're like, okay. You know, he's like, more, more. And we're like, oh, okay. And we keep paddling. And we're like, man, this is hard. Still going. He's like, don't stop, don't stop. You know, okay, okay, okay. And finally he's like, okay, oars in the boat. And we're like, all right, you know, oars in the boat. And, and we're moving pretty good speed. And all of a sudden, this force grabs the boat. I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. It just feels like a hand grabbed a hold of that boat and just went and just pushes that whole canoe lightning fast into the shore. And I mean, what a ride. It was so fun because as soon as this mean guy who'd been yelling at us, as soon as we catch the wave, he starts going, you know, and uh, seriously, I'm not joking. He, he's, he's steering in the back. You know, he's got the rudder with his oar, and he's kind of steering us. And, but, I mean, seriously, he was humming some, you know, Hawaiian tune, and uh, it, was, it was great. And so we get out there on surfboards, and I've, I'm not pro, but I've learned something. I've learned that not everything that looks like the real thing is, is, is real. It's not necessarily what I need to get in on. And I, there's so many parallels. I mean, we could go all day of c comparing this to a lot of things in, in our Christian life. But, man, there's a lot of things that, I mean, Jesus said in the last days, there will many, 
many will say that they are the Christ. How many know we're living in a day where there's a lot of teaching in this earth in the name of Christianity that's not the real wave? It's not the real hymn. And it's a form of godliness, but it denies its power. In, I think it's in 2 Timothy where it talks about this. It says, having a form of godliness, they deny its power. From such people, turn away. And so we've, we've got to be focused. We've got to know. We, we, we need to be um, utilizing the gifts of the Spirit to distinguish spirits. 1 John 4, I think it's 1 John 4, talks about not every spirit that's gone into the world is, is of him. And this is how we know to test the, the right spirit, that the spirit testifies that Jesus has come in the flesh. So we, we need to know what's really him. And, uh, and so I learned to catch a wave. Man, I also learned there's a reason why you've never met a surfer who is not um, in good shape. Because it is stinking hard work. When you get on a surfboard and lay low, I mean, your shoulders are, man, gnar. I mean, it's, 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 it's challenging. Um, it's a lot of work. But, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a few kind of connections or parallels we can draw to this that I, I wanted to share with you guys. Um, I also want to just establish the Holy Spirit is, we have to be very careful we don't limit him to an analogy. And that's not my intention, that's not my heart. But I believe we can see, we can get an understanding of how he works. Jesus compared the Holy Spirit to the wind. He said the wind, you know, moves to and fro, doing whatever it wishes, right? And so it is with the Spirit. And um, we, we talked about in John 7, you know, where he, he compared uh, the Holy Spirit to rivers of living water. Power that comes in a river, that flowing water. Out of him will come rivers of living water. The Bible says, for he was speaking of the Holy Spirit, which was to come. In Revelation chapter 1, I love this, speaking of Jesus, John describing what he's seeing in Revelation. He was looking at Jesus, and he sees, and it says this, his head and his hair were like white wool, as white snow. Can you just picture this? Jesus standing there, the risen Lord, appearing to John the apostle, his hair blowing in the wind, white as wool, or as white as snow. It was like wool. His eyes were a flame of fire. Can you see this Jesus? Oh, man. Just read Revelation. Just start chapter 1 and just see Jesus. Hear Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 and chapter 4 and chapter 5, and you see the perspective of heaven. You, don't, you do not find any dwindling, mediocre, sort of powerful God in heaven, in Revelation. You see the all-powerful. I am the Alpha, and I am the Omega. I am the beginning. I am the end. I have the keys to death and to hell. Man, that's our God. Woo! He's power, and He's love. But He moves like a wave, and I, I believe... Oh, um, let me finish this. His feet were like fine brass, and, if, and as uh, refined as if in a furnace... And his voice as the sound of many waters. So there's, we're building a foundation for water analogies, okay? Is that cool? In Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness 
was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. I believe part of the reason God gave me this this picture is partly because a wave represents something that is of immense power, immense opportunity, um, but it also is something that only takes place within a certain period of time. And how many know that there is a limitation of time? And there is an element of a kairos time. That, that word kairos means like where the, the, the fullness of time, where timing has now aligned in the heavens, where God is now ready to do something that he was not previously ready to do or ready to release. Yeah, he's always ready. <laughs> Let me not uh, limit God here. In Luke 19, Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. He says this phrase, I think it's 1944. Jesus says these words, for you did not know the time of your visitation. He's weeping over Jerusalem. Can you hear Jesus? Can you hear him weeping? Can you hear him saying, there is a time for this. Do not miss the time of the visitation. And I believe we have not missed it. I believe God's preparing us for it. But what I'm saying is, come on, let's get a position in our hearts. God, we are not going to miss you. I do not want to miss what God is up to. Isaiah 55, seek the Lord while he may be found. What does that imply? There's a time where he can be found, which means there's also a time where he can't. And that does not mean God's afar. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But there is a time where God is working in our hearts. God is positioning us for something. And there's something about pressing into God, getting into what God is up to right now and not missing what he has, both individually and corporately. Call upon him while he is near. I'm not going to get through all my notes. Um, All the kids rejoice. Um, I heard that. Yes. Yes. Snack time. Okay. Um, this is, is this the time where we have the ushers distribute snacks? No, I'm, I'm just <laughs> And all the, all the adults are like, yes, please. We should just take a vote. We're like, hey, if we distribute snacks at about 1130, can we make church go till three o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> I'm joking. Um, okay, but yeah, anyway, you never know. Was that the Lord? I don't know. There's a few things that just so stood out to me about this, this picture of this wave. Uh, man, it, it's a fun story, like looking back on, on what had happened. But man, I believe there is, there is an opportunity. There is something where God is positioning his church to ride what he's about to do. And the thing about the wave was there was a lot of work to get there. And I'll tell you what, when we were paddling, it... Uh, it felt like I had to paddle for way longer than I thought. I thought, you know, hey, doop 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 and then here comes the wave, and in we go. I mean, it was like hard work to go, go, go for a very long time, longer than I thought. But when the time came and that wave came, oh, it was so worth it. And I think there's some, some 
you know, parallels to, to our life. It might feel like right now, like serving God and continuing on the path that God has put you in feels like it's taking so long and like you're not getting anywhere. And when is this ever going to come to pass? There's something in me that's hungry to see a move of God, but I've not seen it come to pass yet. It, I, I believe God is wholeheartedly saying to his church, do not be discouraged. Do not give up. Do not lose heart. As Pastor Jonathan said last week. But as we continue, and maybe, I don't know if I'm the guy in the back of the boat saying, go, 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 you know, keep going, don't give up. If, if that be the case, then so be it. But it's so worth it. But here's the thing is once we step into and we, the Kairos timing lines up and what, that suddenly moment, I love the suddenlies of the Bible. You ever read through the suddenlies? You just find the times where something was not, and then somehow it is. I mean, Jesus was like, woman, my time is not yet come. And she's like, go fill the water pots. Because <laughs> now it's time. I've been like, would that have happened without her faith? Without her stepping out? Without her putting the oar in the water? Saying the wave's coming. The wave's coming. His time is now. And Jesus turns the water into wine. Man, it's radical. I know there's other reasons why he probably said that in private ministry, public ministry, all of that. But I'll tell you what, that's when we see him start to reveal his power. Where over the created work of water, he can transform it into wine. God, I believe, is preparing us to step into a suddenly, and maybe you've heard me say it before, or others, I, I like to call it the not-so-suddenly-suddenlies, because there's a time of preparation, there's a time of positioning, there's a time of, of being ready, but then all of a sudden, it's like the light switch turns on, and it's a new day. Scott, like your testimony, was that a suddenly, what, that morning? You just wake up, and God shows it to you, and, but then he also does it. It's like, I, I just love, that's a perfect picture of the power and the love of God working together. It wasn't just the power for him to be set free. It was the heart of a father who loves Scott so much. He says, let me show you what I'm doing because I love you, because I'm for you, because I've heard every one of your prayers, and I've heard you crying out to me in the late night hour, and I've heard you saying, will you not take this from me? Will you not heal me? Will you not do this work in me? I've heard every one of your prayers, Scott, and right now, I'm causing it to be made manifest. The word is becoming flesh in you right now. Man, that's so good. How many of you here today need a miracle from God? How many of you here today need something from God that only he can do and no other person can accomplish? I think we're all facing some pretty crazy circumstances. If you go one layer connection to your family, you're going to find something if you don't already have something you need. There is so much need of him, the one who is not limited by anything. I was amazed when, when catching the wave, I was amazed by the power. I mean, the force behind it, in, incredible force, incredible power. So much so that, um, I, I, I'm not even going to get to this, but one of the important things is our focus, our attention, watching for the wave and not getting distracted. I did this with a surfboard. And I got turned around. I was facing the shore sideways with a surfboard. And that wave, I was not out far enough. A wave came and got me. 
And I mean, what I mean by that, it grabbed the board and it started to shove me into shore so fast and a poor 12-ish year old boy in the water got bonked in the back of the head with a surfboard coming at, I don't know how fast, but a decent speed because I was not watching. How many know what God wants to do if we're not positioned right, we're not in the right place and we're not entering in with him uh, what can be power and good for our life can actually sometimes be a little bit more of a crashing on us if we're not watching and we're not careful. And, um, and so God is, is, is wanting to position us. But the power and the force of that wave was just, man, it was immense. It gives you just a sense for the power of our God because he created all of these things, right? I mean, you hear a thunderstorm and you're like, whew, all, we think we are so amazing, right? I'm, when I say we, I just mean humans, right? Like, like the Tower of Babel, you know? We just think we are so good. Look at our skyscrapers. Look how powerful we are. We're the largest military. I love our military. I am so grateful for our military. But how many know we can take confidence and pride in what we have done? If we're not careful, um, we can lose focus on what this election is, what all that's going on. Man, we need to be praying, absolutely. But how many know if this election goes the way that, that we want it or it goes the way we don't want it, either way, we better not stop praying. Right? Because God is not after just an election. God is after every heart, every soul, every individual. His will is that none would perish. And I believe as the church, God is purging out the callousness, the indifference of our hearts towards those that are lost, towards those that are perishing. But the power is incredible. And, and, and I believe God wants us to walk in that power. But it, it, there's a process. There's a positioning. And um, here's the thing that I want to focus on. Can I ask Deborah to, oh, look at that. That's just the Holy Spirit right there. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to say one more thing about just our focus, our attention. I want to just reiterate this. God wants to get our attention. He wants... Am I, am I breaking the rules, Ben? Sorry. God wants to get our attention so much that maybe if I step down here, I, you might hear me. If I get in a small voice and I whisper. Uh, does that work? God wants to get our attention so much so... That everything going on, whether it be of the world, whether it be of the church, that we be in a position where God, God has the primary focus in every aspect of our life. God is truly prioritized over everything else. That every other voice that's going on in the world, I'm not saying we shut ourselves out from anything at all, but I'm saying most of us probably, myself included, can sure turn off a lot of the news, can sure turn off a lot more of social media and YouTube and Instagram and all the above. Because I believe it's robbing us of the focus that God wants us to have. And I believe there's a time here where the, the urgency is now. The urgency is, don't, don't, we're not going to miss the visitation. We're not going to. Let me just say that. We're not going. I'm not trying to speak doom and gloom. What I'm saying is, it's time. It's time to get positioned. It's time to get ready. And tune in to the sound of heaven. Tune in to the, the news that's being cast out of the word of God. And out of the, the spoken uh, time. Uh, timely rhema word of God. The other a couple weeks ago, I was um, 
Zeke, our, our, our third born, such a sweet guy. I think I've told you about his owies before. He likes to talk about his owies. And this was a different owie situation. And he, he had an owie and I was, he was crying and I have an owie. And, um, he, he does this little thing where he kind of just taps on his knee like, that's my owie right now. And uh, sometimes no owie even exists. Uh, he's just trying to distract you from something else. And as his father, I was trying to get his attention off of his problem, his issue, his situation. And so I began to sing this song. Uh, oh man, what was the song? Oh, he likes this uh, peanut, peanut butter and jelly. Peanut, peanut butter and jelly, right? You ever heard this one? I, I feel like just getting you guys to all do a wave now, you know, peanut, peanut and jelly. Um, but uh, Bruce is right there with me. I love it. So I do this peanut, peanut butter, and, and I, I, I let him fill in the blank. And I mean, first time, he, he had no rehearsal. He'd never done this before. Just right there, I go peanut, peanut butter, and owie. <laughs> I mean, this kid, too smart for his own dad. He was outsmarting me, but I think sometimes we often are so focused on what the issue that we're up against or whatever mountain we're facing, whatever battle we're confronting, that God is trying to tune us into a different song. And he's saying peanut, peanut butter and jelly and we're saying an owie. He's saying, no, tune into my jelly. <laughs> uh, this is a silly sermon, man. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit, man, let, if that's what it takes, let, let us be a fool. If we get a hold of Jesus, if you see his face, if you get a glimpse of the fire that's in his eyes, this is our Jesus. But I'm telling you, there's some of you here today, there's been a challenge, a battle for your mind. And what has been going on is there's been confusion. There's been a weight, like a depression, like a darkness that's just waiting, weighing on you. And I'm telling you, God is here to deliver you today. But I'm telling you, when you leave this place, We've got to make some choices. We've got to choose what's going in. Guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. God wants to get our attention and he wants to prepare us and position us. He wants us to be ready to catch the wave, to enter into what he's doing. And I'm telling you, it's bigger than any of us can imagine. Uh, like we talk about, hey, move of God, you know, cool. I'm telling you, a move of God is not something to be joked with. It's not something to take light. It's a time where the fear of God is so real that an ounce of any shred of sin in your life, you're just like, God, take this from me. You don't want to approach a holy God with anything that is unholy. That's, that's what happens when God manifests himself, when the wave that God is bringing is coming. Man, and I'm telling you, let us, let us get ourselves positioned now to step into what he's doing. Will you guys stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I believe for some of you here today, there's, um, and some of you that are listening with us on, online too, just that there's, there's been a challenge just with all of the pressing that's going on. We're all experiencing pressing, right? I don't know anybody that's not felt 
challenged. And how many know during a time of pressing, the stuff that's been hidden, that's been allowed to kind of remain hidden in our lives, kind of just gets exposed. And I believe that um, for some of us, there's almost this sense of like, man, I don't, I don't like what's going on, so I'm going to change my life situation, whether that's where you live, whether that's where you go to church, whether that's your job or whatever. And I, I just want to caution you, um, make sure that God is in that before you make a move. Now's not the time to be stepping out on your own and just doing it all by yourself. Are we launching out into the deep so that we can catch the wave? Absolutely. But through his leading, Peter did not launch out into the deep until Jesus said, launch out into the deep. Let's go catch some fish. And so this is a time to come together. This is a time to fight and contend for unity. It's a time to find the unity that we have of the Spirit and see our relationships functioning based on the bond of peace. As it says in Ephesians 4. Thank you, God. In a a time of positioning, there's always a time of purging. There's a time of removal of things that do not belong. How many know if you have cancer in your body, you want it removed, right? How many know we serve the God who does that? I'm not joking. That's not metaphor. We serve the God who's living and powerful and he heals. Amen? But so much more than our physical body, if there's a cancer in our heart, would it be loving of our God to just say, well, they like it that way. They want it to be that way, so I'll just let them have that. If your kid is drinking poison, speaking to all the parents out there, they go in to get a bottle of some cleaning product, Clorox. Uh, How many here would stop your child? Why? Because it's going to destroy them. God loves us so deeply, and with the same deepness that cannot be described of his love for us. He hates evil. He hates sin to the same degree. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. I believe you don't, you don't experience that same heart of God, of his love for others any more than you experience his hatred for evil. Smith Wigglesworth was famous for um, some crazy stuff, and he said, but I hate the sickness. Jesus spat on mud and made mud out of his own spit, which is yucky, and in that day was considered like a total diss to spit on someone. But he spat on the mud, and he puts it on the eyes of a blind man. And I used to wonder, man, why is that? And I'm sure you've heard it here. Maybe many of you have had this revelation, but I... Remember having this revelation, Jesus was spitting on the blindness, not the person. God hates sin. He hates things that come between us and him. And he's a holy God and he's pure and he's righteous and by his blood we are made righteous. But how many know there's a, there's a, 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 a I'm going to heaven type of righteousness and then there's a I'm a living, walking 
holiness because what's on the inside has been transforming what's on the outside, where my thoughts are even in agreement with him. And I believe God wants us to walk in freedom. I believe God wants us to walk in that place where what Scott was talking about today, where the things that have been just buried and maybe during this time have been coming to the surface. I want to challenge you. Do not say, oh, I'm going to hide this. I'm going to block it away. Step into the loving arms of your Savior and say, God, I give this to you. Will you take this from me? Thank you, God. Will you guys just close your eyes? Thank you, Jesus. 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 Will you guys just pray for a moment in the spirit? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. God, I ask you to work right now in our hearts. Work right now. We submit ourselves to you and we say, have your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way. We thank you that you are the one who purges us with hyssop. God, we thank you, God, for smearing the blood on our lives. We thank you for the power of your blood. It's not just our ticket to heaven, but it's our freedom from sin. I just declare this morning, there are some here that you've bought into the idea that salvation is enough to get you to heaven, but it's not enough to get you free. God wants you to be saved to the uttermost, as it says in Hebrews. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going we're gonna to give an uh, altar call here in a moment, but... Um, Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. DJ, would you come up here, bud? You, DJ. Mr. Grant. Thank you, God. Can I get a usher or somebody just come here? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. DJ, I, I, during worship, I... I felt the Lord saying, I'm placing on you a new mantle of boldness. And I'm going to equip you to, with feet ready to preach the gospel. And specifically to do the work of an evangelist. And I just kept just hearing the Lord saying, I'm going to give you a new mantle of boldness. Where you have, even in your heart, there's a place in you that's like, God, I want to be bold. I want to, I want to step out. I want to do this. There's things God has shown you. There's almost like, I don't know if it's dreams or just kind of like an idea in your mind of, being used by God. And I believe God is saying, I've heard that. And I'm placing on you a mantle of boldness. So God, we just release that right now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. We take authority over the fear of man. And I declare it be removed from his heart, from his mind in the name of Jesus. Not to live to impress man. Not to live for the uh, affirmation of man. But to live in the acceptance of his Father. And we anoint him this morning in the name of Jesus to do the work of an evangelist. We anoint him, God. We say, Holy Spirit, would you not fill him to overflowing and fill his belly 
with a fire that cannot be contained in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Will you guys just pray in the spirit? God, we thank you for more. God, we thank you for more. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Jesus. Man, the Father loves you so much, DJ. He's not a taskmaster. He's a Father who is including you in His plan. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just worship him for a moment? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Neda, would you come here really quick? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I simply hear the Lord saying, I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm going to make a way. I am making a way, says the Lord. God, we thank you, God, for every prayer Neda has prayed. Jesus, you hear the cry of her heart. You have heard the cry of her heart. And God, we stand with her and we agree and we say, Lord, let it be. Let, Lord, your way be made. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for giving her visions, giving her dreams, giving her, Lord, strategies of how to pray and a confidence and a boldness, a removal of fear. God, that she would know in confidence you are going to make a way where there seems to be no way. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. I just bind that depression that's tried to come against her in the name of Jesus. That confusing spirit, I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. And we declare she is loosed in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Miracles. Miracles are coming. Miracles are coming. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just lift your hands to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just as it was shared today, man, I believe Jesus is just here, roaming the aisles. He's, his presence is here. And God, we want more of you. As John the Baptist prayed, we decrease that you might increase. Lord, we want more of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to... I want to... Um, share with the folks online and we're going to have a time of altar here but if you're watching this right now on Facebook or YouTube or whatever on the internet uh, we want you to know that 
we are with you and we're for you and we are praying for you. Um, when when the, the opportunity arises, I just want to remind you, Jesus in Matthew 24, he said, in the last days there will be wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilence, all of the above. And in Hebrews 10, speaking of the, the end of days, it says, let us not forsake gathering. And so when you are able, when you are healthy, and this applies to all of us, man, it's so powerful when we come together. Let us not forsake gathering all the more as the day approaches. God's not surprised by what's going on, but man, he sure is with us. He sure is for us. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we need not fear what man will say or man will do. Thank you, God. We just pray over each and every person watching with us. God, I thank you for your manifest presence, God, to just invade where they are right now. We thank you, God, for your healing touch for those who need healing. God, I thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit to convince us of our need of you, to draw every heart to you. And if you do not know Jesus, I want you to, man, in your own way, just take a moment to say, God, I turn to you. I give you my life. I surrender my life. I want to follow you. And I want you to contact us and let, let the church know so that we can walk with you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Um, for those who are here, not on YouTube or Facebook, etc., um, we're going to have a time of prayer here at the altar. And if you have a need, you, man, you're just like, I need God to do a work in my life. You need to respond to this message. You just know there's something God's bubbling up and I need to respond. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's real. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Draw near to him or, um, while he is near. And, and there's importance in that. There's a timeliness to that. There's a, there's a positioning of our hearts. And if God is here to purge, if God is here to encourage, if God is, whatever it is that you're needing in your life and you need to respond, I just want to encourage you to do that. But specifically, if you are here today and you are not walking with God, if there is sin in your life and you need to be free, God is here to deliver and we want to pray with you because he is our salvation. God says, come and drink from the wells of salvation. So we want you to come. So right now in this moment, if you need prayer, if you need to respond to God, if you're like, I am not walking with God, but today I know I need to get right with him. I want you to come up forward right now and we're just gonna pray with you. And we're gonna see what God does. We're gonna agree with you for what God wants to do, amen?